0: Hey everyone, welcome to The New Media Show. My name is Todd Cochran. Of course, I'm joined by my co-host, Mr. Rob
1: Greeley, and we are doing something a little different today, Rob. Yes, we are. It's awesome. It's awesome. I've been involved in the, in the Clubhouse platform for a few months now, and I'm seeing a lot of energy and excitement coming to this, uh, this new platform, um, not without some controversies, and, and, um, but I think some opportunities going forward. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, it's kind
0: of interesting because you're running the remote control today. Basically, you've got the my audio coming into Clubhouse. I'm muting, even though I'm watching what's going on in Clubhouse. So it's a little weird. The iOS app keeps trying to raise the volume. <laughs> it doesn't like me being a participant with the volume down, which is kind of funny. But Anyway uh, Rob's routing us through his roadcaster and for those of you that are part of our normal podcast audience thanks for being here and uh, uh, as you guys know we've been doing audio only uh, for the past couple of weeks the show will return to normal uh, about a week from now I think uh, depends uh, if everything goes right we getting in uh, back into studio uh, next Saturday but uh, other than that, We've got a few things we want to talk about today, and I see we have a great group in the clubhouse, but Rob, do you want to kind of kick things off on, on our topic list today?
1: Yeah, I think what we w- wanted to talk about is, I mean, obviously do our normal show that we do, Todd, but um, also talk about um, you know this melding that's happening between podcasting and social audio um, and what, what the opportunities are there. And definitely want to hear from... Those that are in the room that um, have something to say on this topic, and and you're certainly w- welcome to you know r- raise your hand at any time, and we can pull you up. My plan was is to was to bring up people probably one at a time, maybe a couple people at a time, um, and then have those folks go back to the audience at some point, so we can keep a. Uh, a flow of people coming up to the stage talking about stuff. But, uh, but Todd, did, uh, do you want to start off uh, talking about a couple of things that are popping up in the space uh, right, right now? Is there anything that you wanted to talk about? I know we tend to not have a, a real agenda with this show, so talking about you know, the melding of podcasting and social audio was something that I was hoping that we would just engage the clubhouse community that's here to to talk about that, because we certainly don't have all the answers to this. Yeah,
0: absolutely. And I I think there was one topic that you and I kind of talked a little bit before we went live today, and it's starting to appear it's, I guess, you know, there's a conference that's going on, I guess it's getting some feedback on accessibility. And, um, you know, accessibility in podcasting is, in my opinion, has been, at the forefront of something we've cared about from the beginning and you know did a concentrated effort to make sure that everything that we did at least at blueberry podcasting was accessible and matter of fact um we've got an internal policy set up that if we get a ticket from a someone that's saying hey we've got an accessibility issue and, and recently we did one of our players was not being, wasn't doing what it was supposed to do. And we make that like a priority note, priority one fix. And it's, you know, all things come stop and we, and we get that fixed and uh, and get that, you know, back in production so that the site remains completely accessible. So I think in this day and age, we already have an accessibility challenge in podcasting a little to a certain extent because podcasting from many shows is not completely accessible Because a lot of shows don't do transcripts, so the you know you have to make your websites. You you have to do everything you can to be accessible. But uh, from a company standpoint, we try to be accessible as possible.
1: Yeah, I mean, there's just a transcript isn't entirely the complete solution either. So you know, and I think you know this has been an issue in software uh, for many many years, even going back to the years that I was working at. microsoft there there's a lot of uh, concern about software being being accessible you know accessible to um people of disability out there and and i think that it's it's been an ongoing issue in the software um, space just in general because i mean a lot of software engineers and a lot of program managers just don't understand what's needed to make these these adjustments to software and and, um, and it's been a, been a challenge and unfortunately it hasn't been prioritized um, as something that's important and that's I believe that, that that atmosphere is changing right right now and I think um, I think it's due time I mean that's not to say that there aren't companies um, and Todd you, you guys are an example of it that are moving aggressively in that direction to make sure that things are as accessible as Possible, but I think there is always improvement to be to be had here.
0: You know, and it's um, it takes a dedicated effort, and I, I really give credit to Angelo because in the very beginning, way back when we started writing code for our sites back in two thousand five, he, you know, he had said, "Hey, everything has to be accessible," and I am like, "Well, educate me on this." And of course, he sent me like twenty links to different things I he had me read, but he was the one that was really led the company's mantra, I guess, for better words, and, and, and being accessible and make sure that folks that use JAWS or any other type of uh, screen reader or something like that, that can use all our tools, and, you know, that includes our plug-in as well. But, you know, again, it takes a concentrated effort to do so, and, you know, we don't always 100% get it right, but we try to do the best we can. But I think as technology improves, uh, we will get to a point where – the podcast will be um, as accessible as anything else in the marketplace today, but uh, we definitely have uh, a ways to go when it comes to folks that are hearing impaired.
1: Yeah. Yeah. No question about that. So, you know, it's a work in progress and I think uh, we're definitely going to be hearing more about this, this topic moving forward. And I think uh, more and more companies are going to start putting, putting a little stronger effort into making sure that things are accessible. So, um, but um, I don't know, Todd, did you want to talk about this, this topic that popped up in pod news about um, Android um, and how important Android is. And especially it seemed a little, especially appropriate to talk about it here based on the the fact that we're doing live on clubhouse and clubhouse is only catering to what? 15% of the, um, of the mobile phone market. <laughs> and we we are kind of locking out, you know, 85% of potential listeners that could come in and um, listen to our show today. And that's that's an unfortunate situation. Um, but, uh, you know, it's it's a significant issue as you look to the future and a huge opportunity is specifically more for podcasting. I know we've been saying this for years, Todd, haven't we?
0: You know, it's I kind of um, crack up from time to time because I'll get – Email from podcasters, and you know they're really excited, and they're here, and they're you know maybe they're in Apple Podcasts, and maybe they're in Spotify, and and uh, they're doing all these different types of promotions for their show. But yet, you go to their website, and there's no way for someone that's using an Android device to be able to subscribe to their podcast. Now, the Clubhouse situation, they just got to get their act together. You know, they just got to get an Android app out. It's it's very in my opinion, kind of inexcusable at this point because, you know, we've done dev uh, app development and it's very easy to have concurrent dev development of both iOS and Android at the same time. So my opinion, that's a bad excuse by Clubhouse on not being um, available for Android. But I think the topic goes much, much further because the world um, at large uh outside of i guess we'll I'll, I'll say first world countries and maybe that isn't the politically correct thing to say today but android is prevalent everywhere else and um y- you look at uh you know the india market it's huge it's huge in um, android devices and globally you know, it's they're big that's why there's such this big disparity here in the united states it's kind of split 50-50 um and probably Canada and the UK as well, but uh, you get outside those areas, then Android is dominant. And yet I have podcasters on for years, (laughs) for years that have failed to acknowledge that audience and, you know, really probably caused themselves, uh, you know, allowed their shows to grow slower. But you you know our position, Rob. We've been
1: promoting subscribe on Android for years. Yeah, Yeah, I mean, Android has been a priority for, for you guys for, for as long as I can remember. So, and I think it's, it's a standard practice. At least it's been, been, you know, more from a historical perspective, from a software development and startup community perspective, it's always been standard practice to start on iOS first. Right. Um, Because there's this perception though, Todd, that, that those are the, that's the community that's the early adopters. Um, and that, you know, your, your fast ramp would happen more likely on iOS than on Android. So, um, so it's, it seems like that the Android side has always been, you know, taken in second place though. I think maybe times have changed. Uh, I think as you look at the Android platform itself, it's definitely, um, very competitive to iOS now. So I, I, I kind of wonder if, that old school of thinking around the startup tech startup community around iOS first, um, is a little antiquated now.
0: Well, I I think it's completely antiquated and you know, for those of you that are iOS only users and you know, I've got an iPhone 12 pro, but at the same time, I've got a Samsung galaxy S 20 as well. And I find myself using the, the galaxy phone sometimes more than I use the iPhone. For certain functions, um, they both have, you know, best of use cases. Um, So I I think that the idea today that someone that's less... Matter of fact, it used to be the opposite. The more tech-savvy people were on Android. So, you know, maybe that doesn't mean engagement, but uh, I think that... uh, you know, any company that's starting anything today has to have both instead it's doing a disservice. And I think the Clubhouse folks are figuring that out and they'll probably have an Android device ready soon. But, um, you know, also with the limited invites uh, to this platform still, um, I just got a few more invites as we started the show today. The, um, this is not an inclusive platform yet. It's still exclusive and yeah. th- that's going to, you know, while there's a lot of great podcasters and new podcasters in here participating, it's it's not where you're going to w- reach your widest audience.
1: Well, and I think um, this week I, I heard um, talk that uh, it's just a matter of a few weeks before they open it up and make um, creating a club on here or something that um, anyone can do at any time. Uh, so we have kind of an expansion plan and simultaneously here to kind of, kind of move into this topic of, of, uh, podcasting, uh, with social audio, uh, is, is the expansion of what I'm seeing happen with the Twitter spaces folks right now. Um, I'm seeing my, my Twitter app just fill up with, um, uh, new spaces, um, type of sessions that are going on in there. It's a, it's a little bit of a different format, but you have to kind of, I'm feeling this, um, this kind of pull to go into those communities and those conversations uh, more and more. It's, it's a little bit of a different model. It's not so much uh, topic driven, but personality driven. Uh, I was pulled into a session with, uh, and I just jumped in. I it was a session led by Jim Cramer, you know, from CNBC, Todd. And it had, uh, it had like 3000 people that were in there. And that was just the other night um and there was a hot discussion going on there with a lot of the twitter you know, like the twitter CFO the twitter CEO um were all participating in this session uh and it just created this um conversation that i had you know i really have never seen before and that, that that's what's really revolutionary about what we're seeing in the social audio space is just that um, the the type of events that are coming together and the scale of them, I know s- some of the events that I've seen in Clubhouse, um, 7,000 people all in one session. I mean, when was the last time any of us was able to get in front of a group of 7,000 people to to talk? You know, I mean, it's like it, it's a huge opportunity that lots of people are tapping into around Uh, Business opportunities. I mean, I know when I do a session in Clubhouse talking about podcasting, my, my inbox just gets filled up with people wanting to follow up and ask questions, and it just creates this conversational experience that... Is really unlike any—I'll be quite frank—any uh, podcast conference that I've been to as well. So it's it's interesting, but it's also raising a lot of issues too. I saw an article in Inc. magazine, uh, or Inc. not magazine per se, but the online Inc. talking about privacy issues uh, with Clubhouse too. Todd, is there? And I wanted to re- recognize we have Danny Upania up here um, with us on stage, and I'll definitely pull you into this here. Um, Danny, and, um, and you, can, you can contribute too. But I, Todd, I just wanted to get your feedback on what you think about the privacy concerns of what you've seen so far in uh, Clubhouse. Well, I got really two things for it. I want to back
0: up and talk a little bit about what's going on with Twitter spaces and what Facebook's going to be introducing and Instagram. They all see this as an opportunity. And I think what podcasters will have to determine is where's your audience. Now, for my tech show, I know my audience is on Twitter, so I'll definitely want to engage my audience where they reside because that's where they hang out. They hang out on Twitter because they're a bunch of geeks. Um, yeah. Now, from a business opportunity and being able to talk about podcasting and to, you know, promote business and give helpful advice, um, you know, Clubhouse is a great platform for that. Um, unfortunately, um, I'm already having to clean up messes from some so-called Clubhouse experts uh, where podcasters are already getting bad advice. So people have to be real careful and vet what they hear and make sure they know uh, what they're acting on is being given in good faith and not some sort of uh, um, commercial action to try to get them to buy a product or something. But going back to the privacy piece, (laughs) everyone thought their conversations on here were private. And I'm just kind of like, laughing because, you know, very early (laughs) on, I knew this, this technology was actually all the IP traffic was going unencrypted to China, <laughs> you know, so where their provider is. So yeah, and, right. and and the and the company that provides the clubhouse services is actually a Chinese company which falls under PRC rules. So don't say anything in here that you want want the Chinese government to hear. But um, you know, no one's really going to probably care. You know, well, and they the
1: acknowledged here in an article that I I, I read that uh, they they are capturing all the audio from these sessions and storing them uh, so they can, they can go back and review um, things that were said here or, or the behavior that has gone on in some of these rooms for, for the ability to moderate and take things down, right. Or remove users that are abusive and things like that. So you kind of have issues that are going to come up around that. I mean, this is kind of a new thing, but um, yeah, Yeah, I wanted to bring in... Rob, it it,
0: it goes farther than
1: that, though.
0: What we're talking about here today, we hope will be educational and informational, but there could be people starting groups or channels that are doing coordinating trafficking and all kinds of other things that could be going on. So, of course, they have to record these sessions to be able to be... If they're a U.S. corporation, even though they're sending this data to China, they still have to... They're still culpable to u.s law and someone comes to them with a with a uh, um with any type of search warrant they're going to have to pony that stuff up in the ip addresses so y- there's a lot of channels talking about weed there's a lot of channels talking about all kinds of other things so you, depending on your jurisdiction you're probably fine but you know, be careful what you're talking about on here.
1: Well, then there's, I mean, I've, I've noticed the the global expansion of Clubhouse, too. I mean, there, there's other languages being spoken in here, too, from all around the world. So, I mean, it's it's becoming something that's uh, that's definitely a phenomenon. But I wanted to bring in Danny Pania, who's a Hall of Fame podcaster and has been doing a lot of media. I've known Danny since the early days when I was uh, working at um Microsoft and his involvement with the Xbox, and and uh, I just wanted to get your feedback, Danny, about what you're seeing with uh, Clubhouse and the the kind of combination of uh, podcasting and uh, what you're seeing with social audio right now.
2: Yeah, because I, I know. Uh, well, first of all, what's up, Todd? What's up, Rob? Hey, Danny. Um, yeah, I know you guys were talking about uh, Twitter Spaces, and I wanted to mention this very quick because I got access to Twitter Spaces, but I have an Android device um and we've been already hosting a couple sessions over there and it's been it's been good Uh, i mean there's a couple bugs here and there that it still needs to fix but um i think that i see a lot of potential with Twitter spaces more than clubhouse and the the reason why i bring that up is when we have a session um, my co-host he has an ios um, device right so he could also bring up Ah, uh, links of uh, p- people that are having conversation on Twitter, and you could put in there, and people can interact with that. They will see the link in that session. You can't see that through Clubhouse, so I can see um, ways of creating shows, but also having an interactive way. You know, people could could read the the news, they could read a tweet and stuff. So uh, I wanted to bring that up because I know you guys brought, uh, mentioned about no Android version for Clubhouse, and I think they should do that like as soon as possible. And that's like a huge audience that. I would love to join, but they can't. They can't because they don't have a. They either don't have an invite or they don't have an iOS right. device. So for me, I'm using a an I, my iPad to use a Clubhouse
1: here. You know, so um, hopefully the Android version comes out soon. Yeah, too. yeah, yeah, yeah. And Todd, I think we have this other um, <clears throat> thing that I've been thinking about today too. Is um, could we simulcast to? Uh, Twitter Spaces and Clubhouse at the same time with this show. <laughs> uh, so I don't know if that's possible. Because
0: yeah, <laughs> well, all we'd have to do is I'd have to rig it on my side so that I was in yeah. Twitter Spaces and you were in Clubhouse, and then you know, for the audience that hasn't ever watched our show, we we're kind of like restreaming masters, even though this thing goes out as a podcast. Uh, it also typically will go out as a video as well. So yeah. we use uh, Wowza, and I restream the video portion of the show to YouTube, Twitch, Twitter, Periscope, um, Facebook, YouTube Live. I think seven different destinations, and, and I do like two different channels in Facebook. So, um, you know, we try to catch everyone everywhere, and most of the people hang out on my Facebook page or hang out in uh, on the YouTube channel, but... And they're watching live, but yeah, Rob, it won't be too long. We're going to be we're going to be doing the audio cast of this into both Twitch and Clubhouse. I can just see it kind of being a growing thing.
1: Well, I know that we've wanted to be live in LinkedIn and live in Amazon too, because Amazon has that capability too, and we we haven't even pushed the envelope into those platforms yet. So, so it would be great to be able to simulcast on all these things. So. I don't know if someone, Danny, if, if you had, go, go, go ahead, Todd. If someone has a hookup on LinkedIn, I'd like to get an invite to their
0: streaming thing, but I haven't got it yet. I guess I'm not yeah. active enough on LinkedIn, but go ahead. What you're going to ask
1: Danny. Yeah. I was just going to ask Danny, um, if you had any other thoughts on, um, you know, are you planning on doing your, um, your podcast, um, on, on clubhouse at all?
2: Yeah, we're, we're, we've been talking about it. Um, we always stream our video version on Twitch because we have a, a partner trying right. deal with them. Right. Um, but we're thinking about doing like a Q&A, fan mail, Q&A uh, episode, right? Where people could call in, ask questions. Um, so we're probably going to do something like that for the podcast. You know, that, that's the thing. Like, I feel that this is a great way to interact with your audience, with your listeners, Right. But I don't see this as like you're gonna get more listeners than your actual podcast, you know. Like you know, so I, I see that's more of a of a way to interact with your listeners. Like with with us, we record our, every Sunday morning on Twitch, and people will ask those questions through the chat and everything, you know. So uh, for people from all over the world, right? So uh, we could do the same thing with this, but on a different day, you know. So
1: yeah, I think it's great to be able to bring you know, get guys like yourself up on up on the show with us um, to to contribute. And I mean, it's it's a lot more convenient than trying to pull you into Skype, (laughs) which is what we normally have to do. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah.
2: No, but it's cool. I I like this a lot. I see a lot of potential of uh, people calling in that never been on Facebook watching you guys live, but have been here for the first time, and they could interact and ask questions to you guys, you know, so yeah, I see a lot of potential with that. It's, It's really, really cool. Yeah, but what, once once the Android version comes out, oh, I can see a whole bigger audience joining in for sure.
1: Yeah, that'd be yeah. that'd be awesome. You know, I think that. Go, go ahead, Todd.
0: I start. I keep stepping on you. I'm, I apologize. That's okay. Um, the thing that I worry about though here in Clubhouse right now is it is a marketplace of scarcity. So when you get. <laughs> Fifty million people in here, and everyone can create a a club or group or whatever they're called. um, Then it's going to just be on almost like YouTube and Facebook or Twitter. You're going to get you're you're really going to have to work hard to get audiences into your conversations because there's going to be so many conversations going on that uh, you know you'll go to a room instead of having three thousand people, there'll be thirty people because. There'll be just that much more density of, of groups. So I think that's a challenge that Clubhouse is going to have in in a growth standpoint. Whereas the Twitter situation, I, you know, I've already got 8,000 Twitter followers. So, you know, that to me it makes it a lot easier to market once I get access to Twitter spaces to be able to, to talk to that group and make sure they get the message um, instead of trying to do external social promotion to try to get them to come here and listen.
1: Well, Todd, we'll have to, you know, later in the month, we'll, we'll have to try try and do it on Spaces. I've got a Spaces access myself, but I don't know that you do yet. So I don't know if you've played around with it yet to see if you have access yet. Yeah, and I really hadn't been paying too much attention to but
0: it. So see, see, like I, like I, I have, have... I applied late.
2: yeah. Hello. Okay, there you go. <laughs> no, I was saying, I was saying that I have access only to listen. Uh, but my co-host, he has access to create like his own room. Cause I think it's not uh, fully available for the Android version. So right now, I could just only listen through there. So, but one thing I do want to mention about, um, the issue that I do have with with Clubhouse, I feel like everybody's an expert now. You know, on on topics, right? So instead of having this. Um, as like a Discord where you know uh, we have like a, people from different types of community members getting together and talk. People using this more as like a LinkedIn type of service instead of uh, having just conversation. You know, you know what I'm trying to say, Rob. Like, um, it's what a, way too many way way too many people. There are experts on on anything. You know, so I seen uh, rooms where they have a session about podcasts, and then I hear like bad advice in there and, and and there's people that are in the room listening and they think, okay, this is a great advice, you know, I should do this now, you know, but that that's the only issue that I have and I think people need to just be careful on who they're gonna follow, what room they're gonna join. And and if somebody do give you that advice, make sure to do some research before making that move because of right, that right. person saying that, you know, so that that's the only issue that I do have with, with, with Clubhouse. So
1: yeah, I think that there there is a lot of new um platforms, you know, like the podcast movement folks have the podcast movement, uh, university, uh, there, there's more and more, um, uh, people starting up like, you know, academy type things. And I mean, not, not the podcast Academy, but other types of trainings in, in the podcasting space. I know I'm getting pulled into all sorts of private events and things like that, that are starting to go on out there as well. So there's such a strong emphasis around podcast education right now, and people um, trying to build their consulting businesses around being a podcast consultant. and And Todd, you know, Todd and I have talked about this over the years on this show. Um, this is not something new. I think what's new is the scale uh, and how many people are actually building consulting businesses around podcasting right now. You know, um, and, and most of it is is actually really good. I mean, to, to have, you know, like, uh, people being able to build careers. I mean, if you look at LinkedIn, I've never seen so many people on LinkedIn that have, uh, podcasting in their, their like job titles now than ever before. I remember for many years, there was like, I, I'd be looking at LinkedIn for like hours trying to find somebody that had mentioned podcast in their, in their LinkedIn profiles anywhere. But now it's like, just about everybody has it in there now. So, so. Um, but anyway, well, Danny, hey, th- thanks for jumping up on stage and in contributing. You're certainly welcome to, to stay. I wanted to remind the room that we are recording this and it's going to be put out as a podcast episode as part of the new media show. And if anybody else wanted to jump up on stage and ask a question or contribute to the The topic that we're talking about here, uh, it'd be great to have you join us. So, Todd, is there uh, anything else that you wanted to talk about today? Well, I just, you know, I think one thing
0: that we, that Danny alluded to, and something that I continue to see is, you know, we we laugh about it. Matter of fact, there was a little bit of a slack thread about the other day about when you get a support ticket in, it says, I am a consultant of for somebody and I have a question and it ends up being like this, you know, podcast 101 question or, you know. So oftentimes the consultants are reaching out to companies like mine and asking, the questions that they should already know. So, um, as Rob, as you kind of indicated, I think what we see as a sine wave effect is there is times and periods where we have lots of consultants that come into the space. They try to make their mark. Um, they get a few clients. A few clients quit, and then you know, then all of a sudden, then it's 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 on the downslope again, and we kind of go back to base norm. So maybe it's, we're just on one of those climbing curves again, and hopefully. There's enough people hanging out in Clubhouse and hanging out in these groups that will raise their hand when someone says something. And I, that's the problem that I've had is I've been in in groups and in Clubhouse and listening and cringed at some advice and raised my hand and was never called up. So part of it is the same situation where the same people are always talking and you know it's often better to listen a lot more than talk. Now we're you know here you and I are an example where we're doing all the talking, but right. um, I, I think that um, we're it's important to be able to listen to people too and and get feedback. But sometimes people right. don't want those feedbacks in those rooms.
1: Yeah, no, that's well, that's that, that's true. I you mean, know. I actually like to go into rooms and just sit and listen for a while too and not get pulled up. <laughs> so, so that's the other thing that you have to be conscious of sometimes too, is that you know, there's some rooms that I hop into and I immediately get p- called up on stage and I mean, I want to, so it's, it's one of those um, balancing acts, but uh, I pulled up a, a new person up to the stage. Uh, Cosmos. Um, I, I hope I pronounced that name properly. Um, the, and welcome to the new media show. Um, I wanted to remind you that we are recording this. So, um, so, we'll, so whatever you say is going to go out in the podcast. So do you have a question or do you have a, a thought that you want well, to contribute? First
3: of all, I'd like to thank you for this uh, warm room, which is small, but really, uh, interesting and, uh, contrary to what other rooms are in, uh, Clubhouse oh, now, wow. I, like you mentioned, there's a lot of self promotion. You know, people just keep talking about themselves, and maybe they have some time for the listeners. Maybe not, like yeah. a forum, which yeah. I don't quite like. And also, I'd like to ask Danny. He mentioned earlier and because I've been—I'm I'm not a podcaster myself, but I'm in radio. I'm radio producer uh-huh. um, in Athens, in Greece. So I'm just considering podcasting. I believe that um, this clubhouse situation really um, makes you rethink you have the possibility of doing podcasting, although they're supposed to be two different things, but actually, you know, the way that you use the language and you meet people and chat, well, really, you know, uh, increases your uh, in- interest in podcasting. So Danny mentioned a uh, while ago that he enters rooms and he gets bad pieces of advice. And I would really like to know what kind of advice is that because we all listen to different rooms. And of course, we don't take everything for granted, but I'd, I'd really like to know, uh, what kind of advice was that? Because, you know, I've, I'm learning, everybody is, and uh, I want to be cautious.
2: Ah, well, I don't want to say what exactly it is, but people will say like ways on how to promote uh, the podcast or, you know, uh, if your podcast is not working out on, on like an on iTunes, for example, uh, restart and have a brand new show so you could be on top of the charts like that type of like that type of bad advice Mm -hmm. like that type of bad advice you know like don't get me wrong there's a lot of rooms that i've been that um, i've been hearing you know great advice too you know um, but i also feel that people just need to do research once they hear somebody giving them that advice uh, because i feel like if you're giving that advice to someone that is up and coming and you're trying to take advantage of them uh, because you're you're trying to take, get some money from them, right? That is going to hurt our industry overall by by just taking it bad advice, you know. So I'm not saying that everybody's perfect, but uh, we just got to be careful. That's all. That that's all. good. the thing is, I'm so passionate about podcasting that I always bring that up. And and Todd and Rob seen this throughout the years, even before Clubhouse, you know. And uh, and it's good for us to be vocal and mention that because it it will hurt our industry overall, you know. So that's why I brought it up.
4: You know, I, I totally think agree, too.
2: Danny. Um, sorry go ahead sorry you go ahead uh, rob thank you oh uh
0: what i was going to add to what danny said is that um i lost my train of thought here you have to understand that anyone that's doing any type of presentation you go to a conference ultimately they're going to educate but it's There is also this desire to sell or to make people aware of a brand. So I think what you just have to do is take that into consideration that everyone probably has some sort of an agenda. And okay, is that agenda really going to help me? Is that person here to truly help me? Or is he just trying to uh, gain clients? I think it just, you know, we have to use a little common sense here. And I think we all can smell when someone is not really genuine. You know, and, you know, it's. I'm very upfront. I run Blueberry Podcasting. I'm the founder of it. Rob is uh, a VP at, at Libsyn. So, you know, we, we're both kind of on even ground here when it comes to, you know, talking about our position in the space. But one of the main differences is Rob and I do podcasts. We actually record shows and we have our own programs. Um, when you're listening to someone that's in the podcasting space and they're saying they're a consultant, the first thing I always look for is what show do they have? Are, do they have uh, a track record? Have they got more than 10 episodes? Because what we see... If someone starts a podcast and they get 5, 6, 10 episodes in and they're not getting any traction with their show but yet all of a sudden now they're an expert on podcasting so they say instead of trying to make money with my podcasting or an audience, I'm going to become a consultant. <laughs> <laughs> so you always I need
3: to look at you, the- and Everybody's a consultant right now in the clubhouse. If you look around, uh, everybody is a self promoted consultant. And what I hear is that my impression is that the gap between the moderators and i'm not saying about this particular room because i feel very comfortable in this room i really like it um but the the gap between the uh, expertise of the moderators in specific rooms who are self, self-proclaimed uh, specialists and the listeners the viewers the the people who are present in the room is not really so big i mean we could reverse the roles in some room in right. some rooms and it could still work and it's fascinating because it's a game of impressions and i don't really like that i mean Uh, I like specialists and adore them, but everybody pays much more attention to being, um, established as a specialist than actually offering knowledge and, uh, good thoughts about different things like the ones we are discussing now.
1: Yeah, I think at the end of the day, what we're really talking about here is trust, right? We're talking about, do we trust the people that are, that are giving and sharing and, I think if you look back to the history of the podcasting medium, and I think it may be a good example um, is that a, a lot of what built podcasting and what we see today is, is people sharing ideas um, and people trying things and seeing if, if they work. And if that's what's going on here, it's not necessarily a bad thing. There's a lot of new people coming into the podcasting medium right now. I think that the numbers are showing it's almost a hundred thousand new shows every month, um, which is, faster growth than we've ever seen, uh, in, in the medium, um, over the 16 years that it's been around. So, um, I'm, I'm a little bullish on this from the standpoint that I, I think a lot of people sharing the, their ideas and things that they're trying could be a good thing. Um, there is some danger there, I suppose. Uh, and I agree that, um, some bad advice is, is shared, but, you know, those people are going to learn the school of hard knocks. And I guess if they're starting to build a consulting business for themselves, um, they're going to have to learn or they're going to have upset customers. And <laughs> um, call me. For sure. Right, right. <laughs> so, so there's always a trade-off here. And I think we need to just realize, I mean, that a lot of what we're seeing with Clubhouse today is reminiscent of how I felt um, and what I saw happening in the early days of the podcasting space. I
3: have a question, also, if I may, because I'm not going to be criticizing only. Um, regarding the length of um, podcast episodes, do you see there's a trend towards shorter or longer uh, episodes?
0: Well, here's the best thing about podcasting. Uh, there are no rules. You do what you want to do. You do what you feel comfortable from a length standpoint, my opinion is as long as you keep it interesting, you can go as long as you want. You look at some of the most popular podcasts in, in the space right now, and they're multiple hours long. Uh-huh. So I think really it is truly about keeping it interesting and keeping it engaging and keeping the energy up. That's really where the, you know, where the where it falls. Now, you know, there's shows out there that do five minutes uh quick and dirty tip networks at quick they do five minute shows and they're highly scripted and they're very concise and then you look at mark Marin and all these others that do two three four five hours um i think you do what you feel is comfortable and main thing is is keep it interesting and so the audience doesn't hit stop
1: Yeah, I don't think that duration is really much much of an issue, though. I think that some of the statistics that I've seen over the last year has shown that um, on average, there has been a decline in the, the number of minutes on average that a podcast is being published as. And I don't know if that's just a reaction to people's attention spans or as people are are um using podcast content more in these smart speaker platforms, uh, which tend to be shorter consumption uh, kind of kind of experiences. Um, so I did bring up a uh, a new person to the stage uh Lo. I hope I pronounced that correctly. Um, thank you for for joining us on the new media show. I wanted to remind you that we are recording this and it will go out as a podcast.
5: Hi, yeah, my name is Loretta. low for short. Um, I'm trying to keep a little bit of an anonymity on clubhouse and I'm new to clubhouse. And I think I joined a session with Rob. Um, You mentioned, I think you mentioned something about social work just recently. Um, If so, then that was me. And I was asking you how to gain some traction and um, you did mention clubhouse. And at the time I had no access. So finally I have, I have access and I'm on Uh, being new and being a novice to podcasting i'm doing everything myself because it's still a small podcast which includes the editing which is taking a a lot longer than i thought it would so my latest show is not being it's just delayed i'm sitting on it because i'm just so busy with other stuff um and so wondering how you're publishing these episodes from clubhouse Onto your platforms, um, and I'm also assuming by doing so, you're not having to edit very much, right?
0: Correct. Well, L- Loretta, you're you're going to love this. Um, I've done well over, yeah, you know, fifteen hundred episodes with my personal show. Were four hundred some, I think, with this. Uh, none of them have ever been edited. We we don't edit. Um, that's not for everyone. <laughs> No, but if I, if, if, if I had to edit podcast, I would have quit uh, six months in. Um, I would have been divorced. I would have, uh, had uh, no family life. So no, I personally don't edit. I, what I do do though, um, for my tech show is I prep. I have a good prep practice and I spend an hour prepping for that show so that when I do record it, it comes out in one take and it, it sounds really, really good. And if I goof up, then I slap myself in the hand and I, Try to do better the next time. This show, we've never edited from the very, very beginning, and it goes against the norm. And I'm not saying that you shouldn't edit. I'm just saying that if I had edited, I would still not be a podcaster.
1: Well, Todd, you're also doing like five podcasts a week right now, and none of them are edited, right? So you can actually do more content if you're not editing. (laughs)
5: Yeah. Uh, And so the other question that I have is when you publish um, this actual clubhouse conversation on your platforms, is there some sort of actual, you know, like a software or something special that you need to go through in order to do that? Or is it just the regular recording process?
1: Well, I can, I can tell you what we're using. I'm, I'm using a Rodecaster Pro uh, mixer type of a device that has the ability to bring in a um, cell phone signal out of an iOS device into what's called a TRRS uh, headphone type jack, um, mini jack connection in the back of the mixer. And it has the ability to to do this type of a thing. I don't know that the Rodecaster folks knew that they were going to be Um, pulled into an opportunity like this uh, when they created the roadcaster a few years back, but it's certainly um, been one of the the few ways that you can, you can do this um, in clubhouse um, and have it be um, recorded or live streamed on other platforms simultaneously. And that's something that we are, we are doing and we're not planning on doing any editing to this. Uh, So, but it's also one of those things too. And I want to be clear too, that, Um, as far as the terms of service with clubhouse, it's still a little questionable about recording this stuff over there. But I think as we've seen in the news or it's come out that, um, clubhouse is recording all this stuff too. So I don't see where it's, it's a big issue. I think that the founders of this platform have been like, you know, open to experimentation to see where the opportunity is for the platform. And I, I, I believe the announcement of Mark Cuban, uh, of starting a platform that will proactively come into this space um, with this type of a platform being a platform used to create podcasts um, is a sign that, that I think that's the direction this will go. And the clubhouse founders have said that they are going to build in recording capabilities into here. So I think what, what we're doing is just an early precursor to what we're going to see happen.
0: But I will say too, to add to what Rob has uh, said here is, Normally, I'm on travel right now, so we're actually kind of using a hodgepodge of uh, a setup to do this. So I'm, I, I've am i got access to Riverside.fm. So what's really happening on Rob's side is him and I are recording in Riverside.fm. Now, Rob is backup recording on the Roadcaster. But with Riverside.fm, I get a high-quality recording basically recorded on my side in a high-recording quality recording on Rob's, and then the end, we get two wave files, and we get to mix them up, and of course, we'll, the, cl- the Clubhouse stuff will be on uh, Rob's side of the recording that will come back in, so what we end up doing, at least when I'm on travel like this, is this is the kind of way we do the show, but when I'm actually in my studio, then um, there's I do a, a double backup recording I actually have a, a rack device that does the a Tascam device that records the show and then I, I do also the video capture as well so but today we're not video at all we're just audio today
1: it'll be fun to be back with with video uh, with, with this with Clubhouse too so it'll be interesting to <laughs> get that done so it should be pretty pretty simple for us to do that too so I'm excited about doing that again but uh, Loretta, thank you for, for jumping up on stage. Uh, do you have any other questions for us?
5: No, that was helpful. Thank you so much for having me.
1: Okay. Well, thank you. Um, I'm going to bring up another um, uh, guest up onto the the stage. Um, Johnny, thank you for joining us. I wanted to remind you that we are recording this and it's going to go out as a podcast. Um, do, you, do you have any thoughts that you wanted to contribute to this or, or questions? Yeah.
6: Hey okay. Rob, thanks for having Hi. me. In the thank you. Too. I actually had a uh, a plug for Cosmos. I'm I heard him mention that he's in radio and interested in jumping into the podcasting game. Uh, Cosmos, yeah, if you, you look Jim. on if you look on my profile and see who actually nominated me to Clubhouse, you'll see a man's name Matt Cundill. He yeah. Is the absolute expert in bringing over radio career people into podcasting? To you, he's absolutely the person to talk to. Well,
3: Johnny, I know Matt. I listen to his podcast. He's a genius. I mean, the way he describes radio, you know, it's like amazing for somebody who's in radio for so many years, like I am. And I think Matt's been for a very long time, and he he is amazing. Yes, I haven't met him on Clubhouse yet. I wish. I can do that soon, but I keep following him on Instagram. He's he's amazing. Yes, I totally agree with you, Johnny. Yeah, I, awesome.
1: Yeah, so, I think uh, Matt's a great guy too. I've been a been a guest on his podcast before, so he's he's a great uh, kind of kind of thought leader in the 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 hybrid world of radio to podcasting. <laughs> I just wish most radio folks would listen. Most of them don't. Yeah,
6: I did have a consulting comment too, Rob. Sure. Go ahead. Um, So I I totally agree with what you were saying about how there's a flood of new quote-unquote podcast consultants who have, you know, they come into podcasting, they start a show and then just build themselves as a consultant simply for having a podcast. Do you think that there's sort of a time horizon on those types of people? Because realistically, it seems like a lot of people that are getting into podcasting aren't getting into it for sort of the passion for the medium, but more so they're seeing, Oh, Spotify is dropping a billion dollars on podcasts A uh, company X is acquiring company Y in podcasting. And they're just seeing it pop all over the news and they see it as more of a cash grab and less so of a
1: passion. Does anybody up on stage want to take that? Todd?
4: Well,
0: I guess they I stumped everybody.
4: Yeah. <laughs>
0: The perspective I have is that um, the bad consultants will weed themselves out very, very quickly. As a matter of fact, this week I probably caused a couple consultants to lose a couple clients. Um, and I'm not—I don't do that purposely. But when I have a someone calls me and says, "Hey, here's the advice I got," I'm like, "That is absolutely horrible advice." Or maybe you should do something. You know, think about doing something a little differently um but yeah i think over time the the consultant thing will kind of weed itself out but i think the bigger question then really is is um from a from from what you had indicated here and I'm trying to form my thoughts was podcast i mean podcasting right now is on a huge upswing um it has been since covid started um as soon as the pandemic started and people didn't have to travel They didn't have to drive to work. They didn't have to go to ball games. They didn't have to support their kids at sports where everyone was stuck in the house. All of a sudden we saw podcasters starting first, second, third, fourth shows. And because they had all this extra time. And I think we're in a world right now where people are still largely working from home. Some people are, you know, out in the workforce and having to, uh, first responders, but you know, there's still a lot of people at home. So I think what will happen as we come out of the pandemic, um, I think we'll actually see a slowdown. I think we'll see a slowdown because people all of a sudden will have their lives again. They will have they won't have time to spend 3 hours on Clubhouse. They won't have 3 extra hours to produce a show because they're going to be at the ball game or they're going to be uh, at gymnastics or wherever it may be where normal life was. So I think we'll see a bit of a slowdown once the pandemic wraps up and uh, that's going to cause uh, you know these consultants have to go back to work too. So we'll we'll see how it goes.
1: Yeah, I tend to agree with that. I think it's going to um kind of settle out um to some degree, but you know, I think the excitement in the medium is still going strong. So I think it in is giving another um for, you know, forum for the proliferation of that as well. So, I, you know, I th- I'm sure we'll see it for a, for a while. Um but Johnny, any other thoughts that you have? Um Cosmos yeah, too. Yeah.
6: I had I had an additional question. This is outside of consulting and and this is for Rob. Um, <coughs> and, you know, congratulations on the acquisition of Oxbus. I'm curious as to I don't know how much detail y'all can go into on that, but I'm curious as to how that is going to be integrated into into the Libson platform. I personally all the shows I produce are hosted on Libson. So it's a it's a fantastic platform and you know, curious to see or hear what your thought on the Oxbus acquisition is like.
1: Yeah, I appreciate that, and um, I think we're excited about OxBus and about what its potential there. And I think it's really early to say too much uh, about uh, what the scope is of uh, any integration that would happen with that. I think that the first step that we're going to do is just you know enable it to work as a publishing tool into Lipson first. Um, so that would be the first stage, but it's it's going to more than likely. Um, be a standalone product for a period of time until um, that, that development uh, process can, can play out um, to, to have it do something different. So, um, but yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm excited about it from the standpoint that it, it it helps new podcasters kind of formulate um, a show concept and then produce it um, in a step-by-step process. Uh, And I think it's, it has the potential to be something a little bit uh new in the podcasting space of how to think about producing a podcast and and be v- very, very helpful. So that's that's about all I can say about it at this point. But it, you know, we obviously are excited about it <clears throat> because we picked it up and are gonna are definitely working on it.
6: Well, thanks. I appreciate it. And thanks for having <laughs> me up on us. See my time. So if other people have questions, they can jump in.
1: Okay, well, we're I appreciate that, Johnny. Um, we're joined on stage now by by Wyn. Um Wyn, welcome to the new Media show. I want to remind you that we are recording this and it will go out as a podcast.
4: Thanks, you guys. My question is, how do you feel about um, Clubhouse and all these audio platforms actually recording us? Um, apparently, I've been told that Clubhouse via Instagram is now recording us. And I know that podcasters on Clubhouse have said, put the red recording button and I know this will be part of New Media Show. But how do you feel about Clubhouse recording all the audio that's been in here? when the recording button isn't isn't prominent and isn't said
1: yeah i think that they're only doing it for their own liability protections um and from what they've communicated uh, those are only temporary storage um situations now that is a big open door to what temporary is. They weren't specific about what the time frame of what they consider to be temporary storage is. So I would imagine that the scale of this is starting to get to a point where, and, and Todd jump in on this too, um, you know, it's going to be an issue of storage. And, and what's the point of having all this audio unless you have some technology to be able to scan it, to evaluate it. So. I think that that's that's the. I mean, it's not like they're, they're going to have interns that are listening to all all the th- things that are going on in this platform. Um, they they wouldn't be able to hire enough people to do that. Todd, what's your thoughts on that?
0: <clears throat> well, it's you know it's their platform, their rules, and uh, here's the thing: there's been platforms that have been deplatformed recently because they had no moderation, they had no way to. Uh, moderate content that may be uh, out of scope or illegal or hate-filled. You just never know. So they have to be able to have the ability to to go in and review content and, and as it's reported and to be able to get rid of bad characters on here. Because, again, we're on right. here talking about podcasting today, but there could be a channel that was set up by – a number of individuals doing serious illicit activities and are coordinating that within those channels. So I don't, uh, I, I fully understand why they are recording it, but you just, it's their platform, it's their rules, and you have to kind of understand that.
4: I was just curious your thoughts about it, and I definitely agree there won't be enough bandwidth at some point to um, listen to everyone's conversations. I mean, in the town halls that they have here on Clubhouse on Sundays, um, they're trying to do the best they can. But I don't think um, the founders, Paul and Rasheed, correct me if I'm wrong in pronouncing Bashiv's name wrong, but I don't think Paul and Bashib obviously knew how popular Trump House was going to get on the IOS side. And when the line listeners come in, we're going to have a problem because now um there's not enough bandwidth in the spaces. There's not enough bandwidth on podcasting hosts. I mean there's a limit for human capacities and there's a limit for everything we can do so it will be interesting to see when they open it up to androids whether they all increase the bandwidth or do something for the android listeners that the ios listeners don't have but i was just curious to know your thoughts
1: Yeah. Time will tell on that. And um, uh, the other question that was asked earlier was about duration. Uh, What's the best duration of a podcast? And you start thinking about what's been going on over here. Um, And if this becomes a little bit of a A future source of uh, podcast content. I mean, there's things that are going on over here that are four or five hours long, um, and sometimes longer than that. Um, I I know we're trying to limit the length of this today to to an hour, and we're kind of at that point now. Um, So that's that's kind of one thing that I think would would help is is that when you do a session over here, there's kind of a limited time frame. I know some of the sessions on Clubhouse tend to be you know, open-ended. Right. Um, and that, that can be, uh, I think an opportunity and an issue at the same time, but when, thank you so much for jumping up on stage and, and sharing your thoughts. Uh, I definitely appreciate it. And I want to pull up one, one last person really quick to get a question in or a comment, um, before we close out the room. So here I'm going to pull up. Isaac. Thank you so much for raising your hand and wanting to, to jump on the new media show. And I certainly appreciate you, uh, you stepping forward. And I want to remind you that we are recording this as a podcast and it will go out as a podcast. So keep that in mind. Honored and pleasure to join you all.
7: Uh, th- thank you throughout the years but for both you and Todd for all you've done uh, with the new media show and for the podcasting space. I greatly appreciate it.
1: Well, thank you. Do you have a, uh, any thoughts on yeah. in, any of the topics that we have?
7: Yes. Um, I, I want to go into, you know, mostly we've been discussing <laughs> everything in e- the English language. And I'm wondering from a podcasting standpoint, and, and it's well going towards Clubhouse Seeing all these international languages, uh, I got to try out Twitter Spaces for the first time this week, and I, I really like the closed captioning, you know, trans- live transcriptions uh, that were going over that. Mm-hmm. Uh, have you heard anything at all about live translation? Like if I wanted to listen to a, uh, you know, a clubhouse that was in Japanese uh, to get re- closed captioning translation instantaneously into English mm-hmm. of, a, of a foreign language. Um you know, for things. Uh, have you heard anything about that with any of the players? Yeah, you know, I, I assume Clubhouse is going to be doing it or looking into doing this th- thing as well. But uh, being able to see a foreign language that you yeah. don't speak, but see it roughly translated in real time to you, I find that is like almost like a, a game changer type of thing. Uh, right, right. Of what you two think about?
1: Yeah, I think that that's a huge area that is has a lot of potential, and I think that the technology that we have today actually can probably do it on the on the audio side too. So, um, but that's probably down the line, but uh, I think the days of us having an issue around language, I I think will over time will, will disappear. I think um, more and more of these platforms, when you speak into them, they will automatically translate it for you. So, you know, you're starting to see it with other, other devices out there too, but I, I agree with you. I think it's a, it's a huge opportunity. And I, I, I think the accessibility question, this is part of that as well, is a, is a, is something that um, I think technology is going to help solve. And I just think as software platforms and as software companies, we need to build that into our development processes and, and not have it be a separate thing. And Todd, is there any thoughts that you have well, on
0: that? you know, I think if you look at automated translation right now, it's about an 80% solution. But I think it's 80% better of nothing. Right. So if if you've got yes. the ability to you know some languages are harder than others. You look at Spanish, it's probably pretty easy to do, but you get in Japanese or some Chinese and if, if there's a dialect then it gets really wild. So I think time will tell on these, but it would be very very cool. I've seen, you know, handheld devices that do a good job translating English to Japanese and Japanese to English. So there's no reason why this can't be embedded in the tech. Um, But it does take a higher level of processing, and I'm sure that'll be a feature that will probably come out as premium uh, because, you know, that takes a pretty significant
1: server load to be able to do that real time. But, Rob, I think we're about out of time. I, I think so. I think so. I want to thank everyone for spending time with us today and uh, especially for our podcast listeners that are listening to this too this is this was a grand experiment of um, of myself and Todd uh, and I, I think it's worked out really well Todd have you been ha- happy with the the flow of the show today yeah
0: absolutely and uh we'll we'll see how this does numbers wise rob and i always joke that it's when him and i well actually it's not joke it's true when it's just him and i the numbers do better than we have multiple people coming on but it's been well we usually Mm -hmm. have a single guest so today we have had really like four or five guests so yeah uh, i would encourage each of you if you if you're not subscribed to the show to go over to newmediashow.com and uh Click the subscribe button on the sidebar. Uh, we always say that if you listen to this show long enough, you'll get a PhD in podcasting, although we don't have a certificate for that. It's just kind of a it's our running tagline. But uh, if you have comments or questions, you can reach me, Todd, at blueberry.com, B-L-U-B-R-R-Y.com, or at Geek
1: News on Twitter. Of course, follow me here on uh, Clubhouse as well, Rob. Yeah, and I can be found on Twitter as well at Rob Greenlee. Uh, and I have uh, a website, robgreenlee.com. And you can certainly get a hold of me at robg at lipson.com. And I, I wanted to, to remind everybody, too, that the new media show is usually live streamed on Wednesday at uh, 3 p.m. Eastern, um, noon um, Pacific time, and Saturdays from at 9 a.m. Pacific, noon. Eastern time. So it's twice a week. It's usually about 90 minutes long. And Todd and I have been doing this show together. Todd, for how long has it been? 10 years? It's
0: over, it's over 10 years now.
1: Yeah. So the show has evolved from talking about uh, technology to uh, online media and that's kind of uh, and it's more and more become a, a show about the podcasting industry and the the uh, growth and development of the medium of podcasting but we do like we ventured into today is talking about other areas of the media space um, and oftentimes it covers video as well so so definitely subscribe to the show check it out um And we have a huge archive. We have like 400 episodes and most of them are in video as well. So if you're a a person that likes to watch as well as listen, um, the show has it all for you. And we're also a video podcast too, which is a little unusual these days, but you can actually subscribe to us as a video show in the Apple podcast platform as well. So Todd, um, fun episode. Uh, I think we'll probably just do the clubhouse thing once a week. Um, and then i'm not sure which day that we'll do it yet i don't think we've decided that but uh, yeah, I thank you so, so uh, much all right
0: yeah thank you and everyone that's been here thank you so much you want again go over to newmediashow.com. make sure you subscribe right uh, that's an important thing as a podcaster all right everyone thanks right. for being here we'll all see right you next time on-
1: thank you very much okay
0: thank you for having us
1: all right thanks thanks for joining us bye bye